G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Tuesday rolls around and our opportunity as we do at this time each week to get an update on what's happening in breaking news as it comes from the nation of Israel. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines overnight and those stories that affect Israel and the Middle East. Ron's back with us. Ron, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Welcome back yourself. Thank you very much. Hey, Ron, let's start with a very interesting one because there's something significant about this where British Muslim leaders have visited the Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Memorial in Israel, and the Wailing Wall during a landmark trip to Israel. Yeah, a senior rabbi has welcomed a first-of-its-kind visit to Israel from seven senior British Muslim scholars whose trip included Jerusalem, Yad Vashem and the Wall. The delegation travelled to Israel from the uh, 1st to the 6th of April, despite facing criticism at home. During the trip, brought about by journey to Jerusalem, the clergymen met senior Jewish and Christian religious leaders, as well as imams whose salaries are paid by the state, as they toured the country, including villages on the Gaza border. The delegation included some of the most influential Muslim leaders in the United Kingdom, including Imam Dr. Musharraf Hussain al-Azari, the chief executive of Karima Institute, and former vice chair of the Association of Muslim Schools. Others were involved and they were substantial leaders, and during their visit, they met the chief rabbi of Akko, a northern Israel city, who explained to the British delegation that there is no need for a legal limitation on noise for the Muslim call to prayer in Israel, unlike what happens in England, because noise levels are determined by local religious leaders through discussion and dialogue. The delegation also visited Al-Aqsa Mosque, one of Islam's holiest sites, where they prayed with large Muslim congregations after being shown around by an imam whose role is to look after mosques in the south of the country. They then journeyed to the Palestinian Authority, meeting leaders in Rawabi and Palestinians in East Jerusalem. One of the leaders said to come here and actually see that people are going about their daily lives and people from the Jewish community do interact with Muslims The Arab community is absolutely fascinated. Rabbi David Rosen, the British-born AJC's International Director of Interreligious Affairs, who was also advisor to the Israeli Chief Rabbinate, said that he thoroughly welcomed the initiative, with the second such trip being planned for September. The more we can do to break down barriers and stereotypes, the better the world will be the world we live in. Just a fascinating visit. 
I'm not sure whether it indicates a changing tide here at all, but there's another story that's also quite positive when it comes to uh, the Arab-Israeli relationships where a Saudi Arab journalist has condemned Arab anti-Semitism. What's the story there? And very publicly, Saudi journalist and businessman Hussein Shabashi used his column in the London-based Saudi daily Al-Shaq Al-Wasat to condemn anti-Semitism in Islamic culture, as reported by the Middle East Media Research Institute. Shabashi wrote that while Israel has its own extremists, citing racist Rabbi Meir Kahani, as well as Baruch Goldstein, who murdered 29 Palestinians at the Cave of the Patriarchs in Hebron, he said the intensity of the Jew hatred disseminated by the media and by art literature and political cartoons in the Arab world has reached a degree that cannot be ignored. He asserted that anti-Semitism in the Arab world is the product of loathsome racist education that is rooted in the Arab mentality that is used to labeling people according to tribe, family and racial affiliation and according to the religious school to which they belong. It is this education that prompted thousands of Jews who were citizens of Arab countries to emigrate after the establishment of the State of Israel, he wrote. Shabashi continued that we disregard all these very positive references to Jews in Muslim literature and present invented theories, interpretations and motives that justify Jew hatred. I publicise this because I believe we need to pray for this man. Uh, Praying for that man, and is it any indication, Ron, that there is some sort of change taking place? What do you think is behind uh, the change in sentiment? Well, it was very interesting this week to watch uh, the election of the new Prime Minister in the Palestinian Authority. And uh, they're really becoming very isolated as the Arab world seems to be leaning more towards Israel than the PA. And I believe it's the policies of uh, President Trump, who has been very uh, generous to the Arab world, that tends to make relationship with Israel, and he's very confrontational to those that don't. Uh, And it's interesting to see the softening approach among some leaders, and of course that will raise the hackles of others. Ron, plenty of stories around overnight, breaking news out of Israel, and uh, we always do love a good archaeology story, and especially one that is so related to our week in the lead-up to Easter. Israeli archaeologists have uncovered the Room of the Last Supper in a brilliant and exciting way. What's happened? You'll love this story. Israeli archaeologists have given new life to the ancient stone room traditionally believed to be the site of Jesus' Last Supper on Mount Zion. The Seneca's ancient walls, worn-down surfaces, and poor illumination have made it hard for researchers to study its history. Thousands of Christian tourists go there every year to visit the possible location of the Last Supper. Jewish tradition says it was built above the burial site of King David. Reuters reports that archaeologists from Israel's Antiquities Authority and European research institutions used laser technology and advanced photography to create incredibly detailed three-dimensional models of the hall. We managed to reach every corner of the building. We managed to create 3D models of this wonderful and sanctified place. 
the archaeologist said, we managed in one of the holiest places in Jerusalem to use this technology, and this is a breakthrough. The technology helped uncover old artwork on the walls and decipher religious symbols. Uh, the archaeologist said they found symbols of the Lion of Judah and Angus Day, a lamb that represents Jesus. It tells the story of the room, he said. Well, another discovery too, Ron, an ancient Jewish town connected to Abraham and Jesus has been discovered. Yeah, for the first time, Israeli archaeologists have uncovered the remains of a second temple period Jewish settlement in the city of Besheba. The excavations were part of a plan to facilitate a new neighborhood in the city. However, Israeli researchers inadvertently uncovered the remains of the ancient neighborhood that was once bustling with ancient Jewish life. The site is dated from the first century AD until the Bar Kokhba revolt against the Roman Empire in 135 AD. It's located along the southern border of the ancient kingdom of Judah. Researchers found a shard of an oil lamp decorated with a nine-branch menorah, which is one of the earliest depictions of the menorah ever to be discovered. They also discovered limestone vessels used in ancient Jewish purity rituals, a watchtower and even underground hidden passageways used by Jewish rebels. Researchers are especially excited about that ancient menorah found in the oil lamp shard. It's probably one of the earliest artistic depictions of a nine-branch menorah yet discovered. Bathsheba is mentioned in the Bible several times in connection with Hebrew patriarchs Abraham and Isaac. In Genesis 21, the city was founded by Abraham and Abimelech after the two settled their differences over a well of water and formed a covenant together. The name Bathsheba means well of seven or well of the oath. The Bible says Isaac built an altar in Bathsheba and Jacob had a dream about a stairway to heaven after leaving the city. Later, the prophet Elijah took refuge in Bathsheba after Jezebel ordered his execution. It's fascinating stuff, Ron. And another story, too, of uh, significant interest is this Israeli university, the Bar Ilan University, excited over a chicken and egg discovery. What's this one all about? Yeah, well, I had to throw this in because of my belief that Easter is the fulfillment of Passover. Okay. And if this isn't the first Easter egg, I haven't found one. <laughs> On the eve of Passover, April 19 to 27, Jews in Israel and around the world place a hard-boiled and roasted egg on the ceremonial Seder plate and eat it dipped in salt water to symbolize the festival sacrifice that was offered in the temple in Jerusalem. An appropriate new finding from the excavations in Jerusalem's city of David are enlightening archaeologists about the local population's diet at the end of the biblical period. The findings of a new study show significant use of domesticated chickens for consumption among Jerusalem's upper class. Until now, archaeological finds from the earliest period were paltry. They consisted of a few bones and several seals of the royal house bearing the image of a fighting rooster. As a result of this evidence, researchers believed that this fowl was used only as a pet and for cockfighting. 
The findings of the new study, headed by Professor Amar of the Department of Land and Israel Studies at the Baralan University, will be revealed during the department's annual conference next month. But it's all very exciting, and uh, as I believe, this is the most ancient Easter egg. Yes, Easter eggs connected to the Passover. That's an interesting connection. Hey, Ron, it is the week in the lead-up to Easter. What happens in Jerusalem around this time of year? Christians welcomed into Jerusalem for Easter celebrations? That's already begun. Thousands of Christian pilgrims took part in Palm Sunday celebrations in Jerusalem as the start of the Holy Week. Worshippers carried palm fronds and olive branches and marched from the top of the Mount of Olives to the old city of Jerusalem. Israeli police has estimated 15,000 people took part in Palm Sunday procession. The ceremony is a landmark in the Christian calendar, marking the triumphant return of Christ to Jerusalem the week before his death, when a cheering crowd greeted him waving palm leaves. The procession made its way from the Mount of Olives, past the Garden of Gethsemane, where, according to biblical tradition, Jesus was betrayed, then finally moved into the alleyways of the old city, an area I've walked through many, many times, and it's fascinating to think of what happened there 2,000 years ago. And, Ron, in general, are Christians welcomed by Jewish people to celebrate Easter? Uh, the, the shopkeepers come out and wave as the Christians march past. It's an amazing witness. And, of course, everybody knows that tourism is one of the major uh, income-generating activities in Israel. And so, yes, they're very much welcomed. Well, Ron Ross, always fascinating and outstanding to get your insights every week as we do at this time on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for scouring the headlines and uh, for being with us once again today on 2020. Happy Easter, Neil. And to you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.